Happy Easter Sunday morning to everybody. It is such a joy to be able to uh, spend any time with you, uh, even if it is over a podcast or a YouTube live or uh, whatever it happens to be. However you are uh, listening to this message, I want to say thank you and want to say welcome. So this morning we're going to start a brand new series. It's called What's Going On In There? Uh, and it's about what's going on in our minds. Um, you know, let me ask you a, a question. How many of you anticipated having uh, digital or online services for Easter? I, I always knew that one day uh, the church was going to have to become creative in order to get the gospel message out, uh, but I never imagined that it would really be in my lifetime. Or for this reason. Yo, how do we react when life doesn't go according to plan? What could God possibly be trying to teach us in all of this? Uh, I just want to share this with you that it was about four or five months ago when God outlined this series. So before COVID-19 or any of this social distancing stuff, God was beginning to lay this series out for me. And I think it's such a timely series. And it just, it reminds us of the awesomeness and the all-knowingness of God. Because over the next about seven or eight weeks, we're going to talk about things such as depression, anxiety, fear, stress. the These things that are going on in our minds What does the Bible say about it, and how can we deal with it? So if you have your Bibles, let's go to John chapter 11 together. This is a very familiar text. It's the the raising of Lazarus. Uh, But I I want us to see how all of this can kind of come together for us and, and really inform us of who God is and how we can handle Uh, this current pandemic. The one big thing is this, that our hope in this life and the life to come is Jesus. And so as we begin here in John chapter 11, I'm going to start in verse 17. It says, then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Now Bethany was nigh unto Jerusalem, about 15 furlongs off. And many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary sat still in the house. Then said Martha unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hadst been here, my brother had not died. But I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give it thee. Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise. Again, Martha saith unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for your love and your grace. We thank you for the opportunity to study your word, Uh, whether we're in a physical location 
like normal or uh, whether we're having to listen through a podcast or even a live stream of a service. You are still God, and we are still the church. The church hasn't closed. The church isn't dying. The church is alive, and it's because church isn't a building we go to. It's a body that we belong to. And it's because you are the head of that body. And so, Father, I pray for those who are going to listen to this podcast, uh, whether it's Easter Sunday or some other time, Lord, that you would bless them and their families. Father, I pray that you would protect them and their loved ones from COVID-19. We pray that uh, all those who are essential workers who are out on the front lines, Lord God, that you would be with them. We pray and ask humbly, Father, for your continued mercy on this nation. That may seem strange uh, given everything that's going on, but Father, it's only by your grace and your mercy that things aren't worse than they are. And there's even been good news this last week uh, that's come out. And so, Father, we pray for continued good news. I pray, Lord, that whatever lessons you are trying to teach us, individually, as families, as churches, as a nation, as a world. Father, help us to learn them and to humbly submit and to surrender to you and all that we do. And Father, as we look at uh, this text and this message, I pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us in the truth and that, Lord, you would give us ears to hear and hearts to receive the truth of your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Again, the one big thing is that our hope in this life and the life to come is Jesus. You know, we could really kind of boil Martha's complaint, and later in the text, Mary has the exact same complaint. We can boil it down to one simple thing. It's not supposed to be this way. Look at verse 21. Martha said unto Jesus, Lord, if thou hast been here, my Brother had not died. Martha is understandably distraught because her her brothers died. Uh, This is something that certainly many around the world uh, can understand in this time. Now, Martha had sent for Jesus four days ago. Why was he just getting here? I I imagine that question probably ran through Martha's mind and Mary's and, and probably many others. You know, oftentimes in the face of adversity or tragedy, we look for somebody to blame. Here we see Martha in her own way blaming Jesus for not getting there soon enough. Yet Jesus says in verse 23, your brother will rise again. Martha's response is, I know he's going to rise at the resurrection at the last day. See, Martha was declaring a belief that Jesus could have done something about her brother Lazarus being sick before he died. If he would have just got here four days ago, this could have been different. But now Martha is struggling because she doesn't believe that Jesus can do anything about his situation now. Yeah, that's going to play into what what happens here in just a little bit. But what about you and I? Let's consider the the place that we find ourselves in right now. 
How do we react when life throws us a curveball? Who is it that we often seek to blame first? Have you ever blamed God for bad things happening? Yeah, I, I can remember the events surrounding April 12, 2002. I can remember that day like it was yesterday. Even though today marks the 18th anniversary. It was the day that my grandfather passed away. He was somebody I was very close to in life. Somebody that I, I loved. He was a person that yeah, I always felt I could talk to. Uh, he always listened and never felt like he was uh, judging me. Even even though I knew I wasn't living always the, the way I should, you know, I, I can always remember hearing my grandpa say that you know, God loved him despite his sin. And God was so good to him. And he would always say that, Justin, God loves you too. Yet I have to admit, on April 12th, I was really struggling to understand that. If God loved me, why would he take away somebody that I loved? Why why did God allow him to suffer for essentially the last 10 years of his life? See, what I didn't realize then, but what God has shown me since, is exactly what Mary and Martha are going to experience here in the story with their brother. God had a bigger purpose. You and I tend to have a picture of how life is supposed to go, but you know, if we're honest, seldom does life actually turn out the way we had pictured it. Are you? I'm recording a podcast to an empty sanctuary. I'm going to YouTube live Easter Sunday. Are you? one of the highest attended church services of all year, and yet the building is going to sit empty because of a virus. I don't know about you, but I didn't know that a tiny virus could bring a nation and indeed much of the world to a grinding halt. But alas, here we are. I mean, we're having to find new ways to get the gospel out. We're having to find new ways to, to do common tasks in life. And when life doesn't go the way that we think it should or the way we expect it to, we tend to ask a lot of questions, such as, why would God allow this to happen? Why now? Is it ever going to end? In the face of the unknown, the normal reaction is fear and panic. So I just want to say, that if you're feeling a little uneasy right now, I just want you to know it's normal. Our human minds aren't able to comprehend everything, but this is where we need to see the importance and the emphasis of the story of Lazarus. What were Jesus' purposes for waiting four days to get there? I would suggest a, a couple. The first one would be to help us see the big picture. I want you to look back with me at verse 1 of John 11. It says, Now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and 
her sister Martha. Yeah, that's all the description of Lazarus we get. A certain man who had two sisters who lived in a town. A little bit later, we would learn that Jesus loved them. This is a clue for us to understand that this story, when it just says that a certain man lived in a certain town with two sisters, this is a clue for us that this story isn't about Lazarus. It's not about Mary. It's not about Martha. This story is about something bigger. And Jesus answers that, what's the bigger purpose, in verse 4, when he says, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. The story of the raising of Lazarus is about the glory of God. Brothers and sisters, those who are watching this live or you're going to watch it on playback or you're going to listen to it on the podcast, COVID-19 isn't about the world and a virus. It is about the glory of God. And so you and I, we need to step back and we need to see the big picture. See, that day of April 12th of 2002, see, I thought it was about me, but it was such a bigger picture. So what's the big picture of this story? It's to help us see who Jesus is. See, Jesus is God, and and therefore he is in control of all things at all times. You know, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he could have left immediately. He wasn't too far from Bethany. He might have even been able to make it there before Lazarus died. But he chose to stay where he was. And when he told the disciples that it was time to go to Lazarus, you know what they did? They tried to talk him out of it because the religious leaders had been looking for Jesus because they wanted to get rid of him. Yet Jesus' response to this in verse 9 is, Are there not twelve hours in the day? If any man walks in the day, he stumbleth not, because he seeth the light of this world. But if a man walk in the night, he stumbleth, because there is no light in him. Jesus could have stayed where he was. After all, he was having a very successful ministry where he was. But he knew if he stayed there, it wasn't going to stop what he knew was coming in a little less than a week or so. He wasn't going to extend his life by avoiding Jerusalem and avoiding the religious leaders. See, Jesus came for a time and a purpose. And he was in control of that time and that purpose at every turn. You know, when Jesus explained to his disciples that Lazarus was dead and, and that's why he was going, listen to what he said in verse 15. He said, I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there to the intent you may believe. Jesus stayed where he was because the disciples still needed to believe in who Jesus was. And can I just suggest to you and I that COVID-19 is unfolding the way that it is because we need to see and understand who God is. And we need to understand who's in control. And by the way, it's not you and I. Jesus is God and, and therefore he has power over death. Lazarus had been dead for four days when Jesus arrives And at the word 
of, of Jesus. He, he just says, come out. Lazarus comes walking out of the tomb. And so we see that Jesus is the giver of life, that not even death can keep God from accomplishing his purpose in us and through us. Can we just praise God for that? That no matter what happens in our life, whatever gets thrown at us, it will not keep God from accomplishing his purpose in us. Yet also reminds us that Jesus is God and therefore he is all-knowing. When the servant arrives there early in the text uh, to tell Jesus the message from Mary and Martha, all the servant says is that Lazarus is sick. Yet Jesus declares to the disciples, Lazarus has died. Again, this should encourage you and I today because although we don't know how COVID-19 is going to play out, there is a living God who does. In the Gospel of Matthew, we learn that Jesus provides exactly what the birds of the air need. And he says that we, uh, mankind, we're more valuable than the birds. God knows exactly what we need and when we need it. And in his love and in his grace, he has promised to provide it to us at the right time. So you and I don't have to go around worrying about everything because worry never solved one problem. And we don't need to worry because there is an all-knowing God who is already there, who is already working it out for his glory and for our good. And we don't have to worry about it because it's not going to change it. Therefore, the call to us today is to trust God, not just during COVID-19, but to trust Him with all of our heart and all of our life. After all, if God could raise someone from the dead, tell me, what's too hard for Him? The other thing I think that you and I need to see this morning is this, that Lazarus is a picture of you and I. Now, Lazarus was a real person who had a real sickness, who experienced a real death, and was truly raised to life. But there's also a spiritual lesson here. There's a spiritual discussion that needs to be had in light of this. The Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians chapter 2 that we were dead in our sins and trespasses. That is, we had no hope of ever being in a right relationship with God. We were hopeless and we were helpless. And then all of a sudden, that passage in Ephesians 2, it changes in verse 4, where Paul writes, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved. Did you hear that? When we were dead in our sins, when we were without hope, and when we were without help, in his love and his grace, Jesus died in our place so that we who were dead could be made alive in Christ. Life's seldom going to go exactly how you and I planned it. And that's okay. Because God has a better plan for us. I know there's a lot of fear and panic and uncertainty in this pandemic. 
all of these stay-at-home orders and all of this stuff going on. You know, if we only watched the news, it'd be really easy for us to give into this panic and this hysteria. But when you and I get into the Bible, we realize that God is in control of all things at all times, that he knows the end from the beginning, and that not even death can stop his plan, then you and I learn to look at things differently. See, our faith is not in this world. Our faith is in the God who overcame the world by dying on the cross in our place and then rising from the dead three days later so that we would no longer have to face sin, sickness, or death in fear. But rather, we can live in victory because as Jesus lives, we are alive. And because death could not hold Jesus down and it could not defeat him, because I've been saved by him, then death will not have the last word for my life. For my God is the resurrection in the life. This is the hope of Easter. This is the hope that Easter offers our world right now. That while we continue to face uncertain days and times ahead, we can approach it with absolute confidence. That is the hymn says, I can face uncertain days just because he lives. The story of Lazarus calls you and I, to come out of that tomb of sin and death, to take off the clothes of sin that have bound us up and made us a slave to our sin, and to lay them down in faith in the one who went to the cross, who was placed in a tomb, and then in victory walked out of that tomb. Yes, you are dead in your sin. But to those who are dead in their sin, Jesus says, come out today, be set free, be forgiven, be saved. Live no longer in the fear of what might come. And instead in faith, surrender to Jesus Christ and live in the hope that something better is coming. Church, this is the message we proclaim. This is Easter, but it's more than Easter. It's everyday life for the child of God because Jesus is the resurrection who is given life. So let me ask you this morning, have you surrendered to Jesus Christ? Has there come a time in your life in which you realized you were dead in your sins without hope and without help? And then yet in the midst of that helplessness, You heard, you felt the call of the Holy Spirit saying, I desire to give you life. In admitting our sin and in surrendering to the gospel that Jesus died in our place and rose from the dead, we can have the forgiveness of sin. We can be restored to a relationship with God that would be possible any other way. And we can have an ever-present God with us. That no matter where we go, no matter what we face, we would never be alone. And so the question to you today is very simple. 
Have you surrendered to the gospel of Jesus Christ? Or or does today need to be that day of salvation in which you lay down your sin and your excuses and you turn in complete faith, surrendering your heart and your life to Jesus? The promise is He will never turn you away. Oh, sinner, it doesn't matter what you think you've done or how far you've gone. Because Romans 5 verse 20 promises us something. That where sin did abound, grace did abound much more. You cannot out the grace of God and that is good news. So regardless of where you are, regardless of what you have done, Jesus calls you to come to Him. To lay down those grave clothes and to receive the life that only He can give. If you need more information or or you need to understand what that looks like and means for you, I hope you'll take an opportunity to reach out to us. Uh, You can reach me personally at pastorjustin at westlakebaptist.org. Again, pastorjustin at westlakebaptist.org. I would love to be able to tell you how God will give you a relationship with himself uh, beginning today. I'd love to be able to get some resources into your hand and be able to connect with you uh, so that we can help you start to grow in this new relationship uh, that by God's grace he has given you. So if there's a way we can pray for you or, or help you, please reach out to us today. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. I pray that God will bless you. I pray Uh, that we are ready to meet him whenever that day comes. Let's pray together as we close. Father, we praise you on this Easter Sunday because, God, you are good. Lord, there's nothing redeemable about us. We rebel against you at every turn. And yet in your love and in your grace, you offer us the hope of forgiveness. Because salvation doesn't depend on who we are or what we do. Salvation depends entirely on what Jesus did on that cross. And so, Father God, I pray for those who are going to listen to this message, that if they have never surrendered to you, that today will be that day of salvation, that we could celebrate the life that you have given someone on this Easter Sunday. And Lord, I pray that the church as a whole, we would be encouraged to continue to share the message of the gospel everywhere we go with those that you place us in contact with. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. And now, God, I pray that you would continue to keep us safe, help us to focus on you and all that we do, and may we live for your glory. In Jesus' name. Amen.